This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. This is a warning about Russia's aggressive behavior around the world. What they're doing is simply testing. Robert Bayer, former CIA covert operative, says there's nothing restraining Russia right now. Blowing up, you know, an uh, arms facility in the Czech Republic, uh, assassinating people in London, Litvinenko, um, you know, assassinating people in the United States. He's begging American officials to pay attention before it's too late. We have not retaliated against anything. And unless something changes soon, it's going to be like a 1938 situation or a Pearl Harbor where, where people, you know, wake up. The bottom line? It's a really, really bad situation. Coming up on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., this is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA, the National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Russia's behavior for the last 15 years and perhaps longer has been increasingly disturbing. Interference in the political affairs of neighboring countries, assassinations in foreign countries, annexation of part of Ukraine, harassing U.S. military units in Iraq and Syria, reckless behavior in cyberspace, even blowing up a satellite in space, endangering astronauts, even its own cosmonauts on board. It seems very clear. Russia's getting more and more bold. And the U.S. and Western countries are still thinking there is a limit to what Vladimir Putin and Russia will do. On this episode of Target USA, Robert Bayer, a former CIA covert operative with deep knowledge about Russia, says there is no limit. And unless the U.S. does something beyond toothless sanctions or classified activities hidden from view in cyberspace, Russia's assassinations, annexations, political interference, it's all going to increase until it's too late for the U.S. to do anything to stop them from reconstituting the Soviet Union and its plan of global domination. It's probably not going to get to the point where it runs the world, but certainly the other elements of the Soviet Union, the ugly ones, will certainly be back in action. Robert, you know a lot about Russian activity, and you know a lot about it from an intelligence perspective. And what we're we're looking at today is just trying to get our heads around where Russia is today. I mean, they started with the whole election meddling issue. Then they came up with the the Skripal uh, attempted assassination. Then there's Alexei Navalny, Boris Nemtsov. Last week or a little before that, there's this situation where they actually blew up a missile in space near the space station with their own cosmonauts aboard. So what does that, against the backdrop of everything 
Rush is doing tell you about what's on their mind right now? Well, I think it's it's absolutely crystal clear that Vladimir Putin is reestablishing the Soviet empire um, and enforcing laws, and especially in his use of assassination and murder and sabotage abroad that have not been really conducted since the NKVD in, in, in Stalin's time. Uh, I mean, he is, when it comes to foreign policy and the Soviet empire, he's a Stalinist. There's just no other way to put it. And I think these all is no, this noise about it, you know, invading Ukraine, we should take very seriously. Uh, and the Russians take it very seriously in Moscow is that's his next step. And then and then on to the Baltic state. So we, you're, you're looking at an expansive Russia. Um, whether whether it's in weapons development, espionage or sabotage uh, against the United States. And don't don't forget, in 2016, he did more sabotage to the American political system than the Soviet Union ever did. And we're not talking about complicity between Trump and the Russians. We're just talking about damage that he did to this country by hacking the DNC and and um, everything else and everything he did on Facebook. You know, that is some pretty scary. Uh, that, that is a pretty scary assessment when you look at, you know, I've read uh, the Matrokin archives um, and he talks in there about the NKVD. And he also talks specifically about the behavior uh, the way America perceived what was going on there, there in that time frame from back in the thirties and the Stalin's time later, um, there were a lot of Americans who actually went along with um, what it was secretly, quietly Russia was doing, the Soviet Union was doing at the time. And it's, it's kind of weird that we're seeing a lot of Americans now who, when you tell these things, that what you just said, they kind of just wave it off. Why is that? Well, I mean, because, because I mean, there was a time when the Republican Party, for instance, you know, promoted the Red Scare, and so did the Democratic Party. And let's not forget that in the 30s and 40s, the NKVD was running 300 American agents. I mean, they, they were fellow travelers. We know that from the Venona papers, uh, but now uh, Russia is is being given a, a pass, um, and, and there's just absolutely no interest in 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 taking any sort of retribution against Putin, a real retribution. You know, and a couple embargoes here and there just does they don't they don't count. They don't they don't matter to Putin, and everybody in Washington knows it. And the fact that you have you know, one of the rioters that assaulted a policeman going to Minsk and allying with the Russians, we are, we are, you know, we are back to the 30s and 40s where we don't see Russia is, is, is in any way menace. And I, it, it's a very strange time. And it's a very strange time when the ex-president of the United States, Donald Trump, can say, oh, there, there was, the Russians didn't help me, which is just, as we know, is a complete lie. The entire intelligence community, the evidence is there that Russia, Putin supported Trump's election and then probably has added to the chaos afterwards in one form or another. And seriously, they are, they are eating our, our cake. I mean, you know, 
But Robert, well, look, we're not going to be inv- we're not going to be invaded by Russia. You know, they're not going to take Europe. You know, but they're going to push us right to the edge. And, and and what what is the edge though? That is the question I have to ask. How far are they going to go? And that I think actually is the question for this particular podcast: is how far are they going to go? They are going to take unless somebody stops them, Ukraine, the Baltic states, they're going to put an enormous amount of pressure on Poland, and they're going to put an enormous amount of pressure on Europe through gas exports and threats. I mean, look, the Germans don't even have any working tanks. They don't even have a military. Um, And you have an isolationist United States, which isn't getting any less isolationist, and they're going to take full advantage of that. And in in Europe is in play. Is is it a matter of Russian influence there? They're going to have to go along. They're going to have to keep their mouths shut. You know, when 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 they when they shot down the airliner, not, nothing's really happened to Russia. I mean, they they Russian surface to air missile took down that melee airliner, and nothing's happened. Um, and and the, and, and it, it, this this sort of pressure. You know, piecemeal is going to continue and Europe is going to fall under their influence as well as China. I mean, you know, I don't know as as an American how you feel about it, but losing Europe used to be a a big deal for us since we fought for it in World War II and built it, rebuilt it with the Marshall Plan and just let it go piecemeal. Now, this sounds very dire. You know, and I, people might say, hey, come on, it's not that bad. But you just wait to see what happens. If, well, if he does in January take or somehow take Ukraine, it's a new game. Well, I don't think it's 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 overly dire at all. I mean, that could be because I've been covering this for a very long time and have been very studied, you know, in, in exactly what you're talking about how it is that the the West and the U.S. specifically seem to be paralyzed. Why is the U.S., why does the U.S. government seem to be the intelligence community, the military? What is the thing that has gotten them to this point where they can't or, 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 or are not moving more decisively to stop this? One is the war on terror. And I go back to the Bush administration that just simply lied to us about who attacked us on 9-11. And we've gotten into this massive trillions and trillions of dollars fighting a lie, whether it's in Somalia or Afghanistan. I mean, we all know now that Afghanistan was a lie from beginning to end. I mean, what we did was we got rid of the Taliban and reintroduced massive corruption, which they're never going to get over. And, and we, we never did beat the Taliban entirely. And it's like Americans say, what, what, what part of the national security institution can we trust? So if you have this ex-CIA guy saying that the, the Russians are on the move, well, you know, what is, yeah, the CIA, they got Afghanistan wrong, they missed 9-11, uh, they got Iraq wrong, they attacked the wrong enemy. We now know that Saudi Arabia is money from Saudi Arabia supported 9-11. It was, it was more material than that. And then you've got the de facto leader of Saudi Arabia is, is 
chopping up with a bone saw and a contributor to the Washington Post. And the Trump administration gives the Saudis a pass. The Biden administration gives them a pass. I don't trust any of these people, you know, either. This um, is- it, it's, it's a, it's a, we don't trust our institutions. So if the, you know, if the president says, hey, we've got to fight back against Russia, it's just, he won't get any support. Well, then, if that's the case, Robert, we've already lost this, right? Because that's exactly what Russia, Putin, and the Kremlin wanted, was for us not to trust our institutions anymore when they started this disinformation business. So we've lost this already. Is that right? Absolutely. We've, they're, they're not trustworthy, our institutions. And Putin's seeing this just you use that wedge. And so the result of that is if I were the Chinese, I look at it from the Chinese point of view, now is the time to take Taiwan. I mean, they, they, they essentially did with Hong Kong. It just dismantled any sort of independence there. So take, take Taiwan, do it now and take Ukraine, take the Baltic States force, you know, put a, a, a pro-Russian government in, in Warsaw and, and so on and squeeze the Germans until they give up. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Why is it that the United States government, this government, uh, the Biden administration, uh, and I'm not taking sides here um, uh, from a political point of view. I'm not taking any sides here. I'm just trying to figure this out. The Biden administration railed. Let me just start start this again. Why isn't the Biden administration doing more to address what it said when it was campaigning was a problem that the Trump administration had let get out of control, talking about Russia? Why, why isn't the Biden administration taking a more forward-leaning position on this? What's holding them back? You have, for a start, what's holding Biden back is he's doesn't have much power in Congress. He, he, he has the Republicans. So whatever he proposes, the, the Republicans are going to oppose. It's, it's, get the, it's get the liberals. The real issues are, are not being addressed. I mean, he Biden could come out with a perfectly pro-Republican agenda. And simply because he proposed it, the Republicans would oppose it. That's how dysfunctional we are, how partisan, incapable of, of, of doing anything, of, of coming together with a coherent foreign policy. Uh, and we see it domestically and we see it abroad. So united, uniting this country against Russia or China is, is not doable. I mean, we can't even get anybody united on I don't know, punishing Brazil for, for, you know, burning down the Amazon, you know, that's, that seems like a nonpartisan issue. It doesn't affect people in this country, but you can't even get people to do that. So it's gridlock in Washington, incompetence, a lack of trust in our institutions uh, means the president cannot act decisively. What, whatever his, his druthers are, he can't do it. What, what, what would it take? Is there something that 
could happen or that needs to happen to change that calculus? I think you need. A, I think you need a stronger president, and it, it can it can be neither Trump nor nor Biden. Gee, come on, JJ. They're they're about two hundred years old between the two of them, you know, and and it, you you have to get a real leader of the Republican Party that's that's less interested in partisan politics and more interested in policy, and coming to terms with a strong president. But it's just that it's that it's the context of American politics that make things you know impossible decisions. I mean. You know, look, we're going to get, we're going to be leaving Iraq for probably by next year. No, no influence. Um, we're just going to be dumping everything on Israel. They're going to, you know, call the shots on everything because we'll, you know, we're going to be so isolationist. And and it, I just don't see a, a good prognosis out of this at all. And if if the Republican zealots take Congress. In 2022, it's just going to be worse. And then 2024, um, you know, this. When does Russia show its hand on this? Because you and a number of other people, uh, many of them are your former colleagues at CIA and people who've worked for CIA and in the intelligence community have been talking about this for years, that Russia is, it knows what it's planning to do. It knows that the West, we don't have the details on what they're doing, but they know we know where they're going. But they also know that what you just said is happening, and that is that the, the government is paralyzed in part because of Congress, in part because of people not trusting institutions, in part because of the power or lack thereof uh, in, in, in the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So, you know, when does Russia show its hand and say, OK, you know, or is that what they're doing now by some of the some of the things that they're doing and getting away with it? Are they testing to see how far they can go, or are they simply saying, "This is where we are. This is what we can do, and you can't do a darn thing about it." What they're doing is simply testing. You know, blowing up. You know, uh, arms facility in the Czech Republic, uh, assassinating people in London, Litvinenko. Um, you know assassinating people in the United States. I don't know that they have, but I'm not sure we would do anything if they if they assassinated a, a Russian ex-intelligence officer here. I'm just, I'm, you know, it's very easy to say, oh, we're not sure it was doors were given by Moscow. And we have, we cannot retaliate against anything. Um, uh, this is, this is just, it, it's, 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 it's a really, really bad situation. I mean, the British, you know, have, you know, the sanctions have made no difference. Litvinenko, Skripal, yeah. one after the other. They're saying, we will not put up with dissent. The Chinese are the same way. They're, they're, they're running espionage operations all over this country, stealing every bit of technology they have. Mm. We have, and, they're, and we're not doing anything about it. So I'm, I'm going to share something with you that I've heard that I think may actually be a really big problem, a bigger problem than most folks know, um, that was shared with me by some folks who work on Capitol Hill. And they say 
this. They, uh, and they are of the same party as President Biden, that they have tried to engage on certain issues, and they have essentially, the door's been slammed in their face. They've not been allowed to, um, they're not allowed access to sensitive information, which they should by law because of the roles that they play on the Hill, because only certain numbers of people can actually get access to that information. It, it, It kind of is a situation where they are treated like the opposition, so they're angry at the White House. The Republicans are angry at the White House. And then journalists can't get access to folks from the White House. Only a selected few uh, outlets can actually interview anyone from it. Uh, is there something there that they're hiding? What are they hiding? Is there something there? Yeah, they're hiding. They're losing control. I mean, they don't. And, and, and Washington is, is a sieve. If you're sitting in the White House and there's some piece of bad news and you're getting assailed on whatever bill you're trying to get through Congress, that's the last thing you do is, is, is change the message. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they're basically taking, I mean, Trump's administration leaked, everything leaked out of there and continues to. And they think their only hope is to, to keep this under their hat. Controlling the um, narrative. <laughs> controlling the narrative. And the narrative is not good. And the, and the, you know, and, and they're trying to deal with things like global warming. I mean, it's like Yeah. Well, this is what exactly do you do about them? this is exactly why Target USA exists. It's not just about the threats that are coming uh, visible tangible threats that are out there that face the U.S., but there are these things that are these underlying threats that essentially chip away at U.S. national security. Um, And one of the people that I've been talking to on the Hill, who's a Republican, who says it's arrogance. A person who's a Democrat that I've been talking to on the Hill says, yes, it's arrogance. And at some point, the folks that these people on the Hill work for who are, it's us, the American people, at some point probably need to say, okay, enough is enough. But the question is, would they even listening? Would they even listen? And part of the reason why I ask you that is because I mentioned earlier the, 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 the Matrokin archives by Vasily Matrokin, and you mentioned the Venona Project, all of the things that took place that were going on in this country that led up to World War II. And some of the other things that took place, it was almost astounding the amount of control the Soviet Union and Stalin and, you know, those types of people, the influence that they had inside the U.S. And it seems to me because of some of the own, some of the things that American politicians are doing, it seems as though they're opening the U.S. up to the same kind of fate um, because of what these two people have said. They've called it arrogance arrogance and don't forget corruption Hmm. you buy elections in this country you don't appeal to issues you buy them anybody for running for congress will tell you that right off the bat the democratic and republican party are saying if you want a congressional seat you've got to have six or seven million dollars and that may not be enough so it's basically you have to buy your way into politics it doesn't matter who you are. 
So when you have this level of corruption, both political uh, and financial, you just it adds to the underlying problem. All right. You know, it, it, it's like it's like forget running on issues. That just it's just a waste of time. Okay. You, you know, it, it's how many Facebook ads you can you can pay for. All right. And and then then again, you got social media, which is another thing where that's they're determining what the issues are. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's like all right, we're we're at war with the Taliban still. But the Taliban that's in power in Kabul is not the same. I just talked to a guy like a couple of hours yesterday, Doctors Without Borders, and he said at the end of a meeting with his female doctors and some Taliban security guys, the Taliban stood up and shook the women's hands. Symbolically, what that tells you, it's a new Taliban, which we, we can't even deal with that because of the issues. I mean, the, the Taliban is... I don't care about music. I don't care about any of this. And all we see in the press is, oh, the old Taliban's back. Well, they're not nice guys, but they're not the old Taliban. Hmm. And and what you know we're dealing with there is their main enemy is the Islamic State. Yeah. And and nobody's helping. And then we got ninety percent. We've got ninety percent um, unemployment in Kabul. And what's that's going to turn into is banditry and civil war. That's what's right around the corner. And so it's going to be a new issue. And then they're going to say, oh, well, it's all Biden's fault. He lost Afghanistan. And so we get into all these nonsensical issues yeah. that are just going to divert everybody. And it's and it's being run off Facebook and Twitter. And there's that and 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 a lot of dough and a lot of money floating around. So you expect to come out with a rational decision out of this kind of environment or support for a president stopping the Russians or the Chinese, it's just not going to happen. So we've kind of uh, drifted away from the initial topic, but you kind of brought it right back to how Russia is going to try to leverage this thing that's taking place in Afghanistan, this this misunderstanding of, of who the Taliban are right now and where, where they're going and what they're doing. And I think that's a really interesting story anecdotally that you pointed out about them standing up, shaking the women's hands. It's a hopeful sign. But, the, you know, the same thing is happening in Iraq and Syria. The same thing is happening in Africa. Russia's taking advantage of that. And this has been creeping up for a while. And I just have to wonder what it's going to take. Is it, is there, does there need to be some kind of extraordinary event here in this country to galvanize people in power, you know, Gosh, this thing is to starting... start telling the truth. It's got to be a Pearl Harbor period. This is starting to sound like a political podcast, but I, I hate that. And this is not that this is a cold, clear eyed look at national security and a look at it against the backdrop of history. If you read some of the things both Bob and I've mentioned to you today, you'll get exactly why he's saying what he's saying and why I'm asking the questions that I'm asking, because I strongly believe Russia is going to pull the trigger on something soon that nobody expected. At least nobody is saying anything about it. And it just seemed very concerning to me. And you say it's a Pearl Harbor. Yeah, it's going to be Pearl Harbor. It's going to be, you know, 
you know, 19, it's going to be like a 1938 situation or a Pearl Harbor where, where people, you know, wake up and say, all right, time to get, you know, time to get, stop getting our news on Facebook and deal with reality. And it, it's going to have to hurt Americans in a very bad way for them to say, all right, we, we need people to tell us the truth. And we need to deal with we need to deal with reality. We got to stop dealing in a Hollywood, you know, daily caller world where we're we're dealing in fantasy, and then that will unite the American people. Yeah, Robert, uh, is there anything else about this situation that we should talk about before we go today? No, I think that's it. I think I I, I think you know. It, you know, there are people out there that speak with authority and they're speaking in a nonpartisan way, whether it's the military on global warming or military warnings about what the Russians are doing in Ukraine. And it's, it's, it's time to listen to those people instead of Joe Rogan. Who are those people? Um. I, you know, from media, I, I, you know, I look at BBC, I look at the Financial Times, I, um, you know, they just sort of deal in a factual world, mm-hmm. and those are the things I read first, and as opposed and to the New York just, Times or the Washington Post. Well, they're, I mean, they're, 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 the papers are record, mm-hmm. but they've got editorial staffs that have to go along with the politics of the day. Yeah. So, you know, or you cannot read the Wall Street Journal's op-ed page. It's, it's craziness, nor can you read Mother Jones' op-ed page, you know. Yeah. Anything that stinks of partisanship is not helpful. Robert, thank you. Robert Bayer, he just identifies himself as somebody who used to work for the CIA, but he did a heck of a lot more than just work there. So thank you. I'll let you discover that for yourself, because all you got to do is Google him and you'll find out. Um, who Robert Bayer is, but thank you for spending your time with us today. Even though this is a, a bit of a, a jolting situation, it's one that needed to happen. So thank you for taking time to do this. Of course. Robert Bayer, a smart man. People should listen to him. That's it for this episode. We'll be back after Thanksgiving with another brand new episode. Hopefully you will enjoy a safe and peaceful holiday. If you have any questions or comments about Target USA, send me an email. You can reach me at jgreen at wtop.com. The letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. jgreen at wtop.com. Also, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. And... If you want more national security news, you can get it in my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com email. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Hey guys, Jay Cutler. Started a new podcast called Uncut with Jay Cutler. Most of you know me from the NFL. Some of you have seen me on Instagram. And some of you know me from the reality TV world. Each week I'm taking you along with me as we discuss football, 
turning topics, and whatever's going on in my life each week. I'm bringing along people that are special in my life, former teammates, friends, and some new people that I like and respect. That's what you're supposed to do, right? Podcasting? I think I'm doing this right. Can't wait to get started with you. Go subscribe now. Uncut with Jay Cutler, Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.